Oh, hi there. For this episode of Fraggle Shrugged, we finally got to watch the movie adaptation of part one of Atlas Shrugged. And don't worry, we also watched an incredibly insane episode of Fraggle Rock, so good times. And because there's a lot of visual stuff this time around, we thought we'd make a video out of it. So, you can go to YouTube and watch it. There's a link in the description of this episode. You can also go to our website, monagale.dk slash fraggleshrugged. That is monagale with two a's dot dk slash fraggleshrugged. And you can find the link there. So watch that, it's delightful, and you can finally see our beautiful faces. But if you'd rather just lean back and listen, you can just let this roll. Welcome back to the wonderful podcast of Fraggle Shrugged, where we read Atlas Shrugged and we discuss the Fraggles. And this time around, we watch the movie, Sigfell. Yes, finally. Finally, we, we come to the movie. We have been waiting for this. And we have a guest with us. Do yes. you want to introduce yourself? Yes, I am the lovely partner to these two guys from uh, Monogale Media. My name is Cor, and I also watched the movie, and I'm so psyched to be here. Wow, Hello. welcome, Cor. How was... How did you like it being dropped into this universe? Well, this is... Uh, I did not know what to expect when I when I said yes to it. And I don't think if I did that, I would have, <laughs> I would have, uh, I would have said yes. You should but, never uh, have said yes, yes no, to this. But I, I kind of like it now. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm living in the insanity, and that's nice. <laughs> yes. Participation is really predicated on not knowing what you're getting into. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So welcome to the both the Fraggle universe and especially the Atlas oh, universe. Yes, and both of them are just insane this time. I can't decide which is which is crazier. Uh, and I kind of I kind of like that we introduce you at this point because it is insane, but normally not not this level of absolute no. batshit. Well, I've joined at the right point then. You have joined <laughs> at the perfect moment. Because the movie is just uh, it's like the the room ish in some way, but it's, also like with weirdly like a, a bit of a better production quality. Yeah, sometimes definitely has a better production quality, but it still has this thing that it's it's so bad that it's almost good. Think think yeah. part the room, part Netflix episode ten of a season. Exactly. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like if you if you have the room, just just sprinkle the room over House of Cards, then you kind of yeah, have yeah, the, yeah, yeah. That's what it. the movie and then add like. a lot of extra exposition. Yeah. A lot of exposition. The Too entire much. movie is just exposition because the first third of the book that we read up until this point is just the entire movie. Yeah, and this is, uh, they are trying to cover 312 pages in uh, 96 minutes. Yep. One and a half hour. And uh, they're not up to the task. They're not, <laughs> a, not at yes. all. If that sounds rushed, it's because it is. Oh, like yes. it in many when it works the best, it's a best of compilation yeah. of what is great about the book. Yeah. When it works the worst, it's just like taking random scenes and putting them in sometimes random order from the book. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the exact feeling I, I got from watching it. And I have not read read the book, but I, I don't think I missed much. It's like when you. When a popular band is touring 30 years after they were had their last hits and they were just playing greatest hits, but they can't remember all the chords and, no and one, it's really and, awkward. And yeah, and no one can remember the greatest hits in the first place. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. they didn't really have any hits. Horrible concert. 
But everyone has to stand there and pretend all the time. Yeah. And it's clear that there's a backup guitarist outside the stage who's just doing all the parts. Yep. It has great humorous value, but then that's also it. <laughs> Because yeah. there, are, there are so many layers to the movie. There are the storytelling that is wonky at best. There mm. are the technical aspects <laughs> of the movie. So like the editing that is atrocious at times. There are the color grading. And I know this sounds nitpicky, but Jesus Christ, is that extreme yeah. in this movie. Usually I don't notice that in a movie, but no. I notice it. It just, it changes color schemes on a whim. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. And it's and it's a clear cut color scheme. <laughs> yeah. it's, so, it's so bad. Like, this scene is beige. Yeah, this yeah. scene is green. <laughs> this scene is orange because we're outside in the sun. So the scenes that works the, the best color-wise is like the sunset photos of trains. And that, that has to work for this movie, right? And those were pretty good. Yes. They had like uh, 30 seconds of just train porn. Yeah, and yeah. That was yeah. good. And they reuse all of the scenes about two times. Yeah, yeah of course. It's a beautiful horizon and a, mm -hmm. and a beautiful landscape and then a train going through it. And it is really train porn, but it, it is actually good. Yeah. yeah, and if you can demand one thing from an Atlas Shrek movie, it is train porn, so at least they <laughs> deliver there. But then every single time we're out in nature, it's just green, and it looks like this weird, like, Technicolor 40s yeah, movie. It's saturation, 200%. You almost, you almost expect someone just running down the hills, screaming, the hills are alive. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's, it's more like you asked a seven or eight-year-old, mm -hmm. while we're outside, we're in this scene, what color should it be? And they said, green. And we're like, great, let's make the whole scene green. Great, let's, let's make All the trees green, the skin tones green, everything yeah. has to just be We're green. We're outside in the sun. What color is that? It's orange. Well, we'll make the trains orange and yes. the machinery orange and the sunlight orange and the people orange. It's almost like, you know, the, the, the color grading from the Mad Max, the newest Mad Max movie that has this like blue and teal, like the very good oh, like, yeah, orange yeah. and blue, but they, they forgot to add in the blue, so it's just orange. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Teal, the movie. <laughs> yes, exactly. So the train porn works, and uh, and and then that's the good stuff about this movie. Is that, is that it? Okay, we've, we've covered the positives. Let's get yeah, yeah. to the negatives. The train porn works. The rest of the color grading of the movie sucks. Yeah. The technical aspect, sometimes when you have conversations, they'll just cut at random intervals. <laughs> yeah. Like the conversation, all the conversations seem stilted because, first of all, The writing is atrocious. Yes, yes, it definitely is. But second of all, the editing of the writing just doesn't work. No. I don't think I've seen a single conversation, and, and this is uh, this is generalizing, but I don't think I've seen a, a single uh, in, interaction between two people that was not just exposition that both these people must have known in advance. Yep. So we're having a conversation to tell the viewer something. It's horrible. And it is interesting from you because you haven't read any of the book no I haven't read any of the book I haven't listened to the show so I have, you are... I've listened to the first episode of the of the show but that's it yeah so you're coming in blank and you're just getting yeah. the dose of Atlas Shrugged yeah. the, the magic of Atlas Shrugged through the this. magic insanity yeah. so how do you so feel like if you had to summarize the movie what is this movie about even this movie is about building a railway with yes. new mm -hmm. and experimental metal uh huh and it's about uh, exposition <laughs> And a lot of exposition. You know what? But that's that's what the movie is about. There's not very much more to it. There are all these intricacies which are boring. Um, so that's what the movie is about. I kind of feel like we can just have watched the movie. Exactly. <laughs> we have wasted our time reading this book. Because <laughs> you've got the entire picture. Because <laughs> the, uh, Thank you very much. The book is very much this. Yeah. Just with added, like, masturbation when it comes to yeah. sentences, words. Like, weird... Word construction and rape, 
Yeah, we talked about. Oh yeah, there's not a lot of rape in this movie. <laughs> they cut down on the rape, which was. Uh, we talked about the one scene after when they they celebrate that the that the bridge held. Yeah. That actually worked by fucking. Yeah, and and they celebrate by by having sex and and you told me that <laughs> they just skip right. Well, well, for the for the first thing, the scene is horrible because they're standing in in the hallway mm-hmm. and they're deciding at this like, well, we're gonna kiss now, and then it cuts to. To the room where they're gonna start kissing. So they just like they made they made the the decision we're gonna start kissing, and then they went to the other room and started it there. Yes, yeah. And you also told me that there's a, a, a whole rapey almost chapter about this interaction where he's like, uh, "I'm an Antonio Banderas guy. You can't say no to me. I'm not yeah. giving you a chance to say no." Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because. In the movie, they show it off as this Hollywood romance where they just glance into each other's eyes and then they lay down in the bed and they have a lot of like passionate sex. But in the book, it is it is just conversation upon conversation about how she cannot resist Hank Reardon. And also, she's in economic ties to him and she kind of has to fuck him in order to get this railroad going. <laughs> That's very romantic. If you had asked yeah. me to, to pay with my body... For this railroad, I would have. Would you have enjoyed it? It wouldn't have mattered. <laughs> and that's not paraphrasing. That's directly. That's oh, direct- it's paraphrasing, but kind of. I'm. I'm pretty glad I didn't read it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I really am. It is so uncomfortable. Uh, I think I'm curious enough now that I have to read it, but I'm not gonna enjoy it. And I know that I'm not gonna enjoy it. I'm well, just too curious now. You think I, that I now? To, yeah. you think I, have, that I now- have to find out ex- exactly how horrible this is because the uh, the impression that I that I got. From from the get go and from now mm. is that it's it's so horrible that I can't imagine it. I need I need to see that. I need to find out what it is. You sit down with a thousand page book and tell me how long you get with that kind of thinking. I have to see how bad this gets. One paragraph and which is one and a half page, I think. Well, I actually read a lot, so I think I might get through like fifteen pages. Wow, <laughs> impressive. Either you could do this, or you could listen to the wonderful podcast of a Fraggle Shrugged. A word from our sponsor, ourselves. <laughs> or what you could do is that you could read the book and you could make uh, another podcast uh, <laughs> just yes. doing the entire thing. <laughs> yes, because we believe in the free market. <laughs> Please make your own competing podcast. And let's compete about the very, very tight market. Of At it. this point, actually, also, I think we've passed the point, but we need we need to say that this podcast is, is not endorsed by Ayn Rand. <laughs> No. Or is it? Some would have guessed that it was, but it's uh, not. As it said in the <laughs> end credits of this movie. Oh, uh, yeah. This movie was uh, was reviewed by the Atlas and... Uh, yeah, but not endorsed. endorsed by it. <laughs> endorsed by it. <laughs> and they put it in quotes, like... But I, I think that's fair. Like, if I were the Ayn Rand estate, and fortunately I'm not, like if I sat down and watched this movie, I would not have endorsed it. No, 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 I can't no, imagine no. anybody endorsing but, it. But at the same time, I would feel enough pity for the people to not <laughs> sue them. But I would not endorse. I'm gonna endorse this movie in the way that I say you should. You should see this. This is fucking crazy. <laughs> you're, and you're not gonna like it. <laughs> you endorse it like you endorse Birdemic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're not gonna like it, but you're curious now, so you yeah. have to watch it. And, and we should just uh, address that the free market thoroughly rejected this movie. Yes. Yes. Strangely enough. Because Ayn Rand seems to have a great hold on what the free market dictates. Yeah. Or at least she thinks so. I would have loved to see this movie fail while Ayn Rand was still alive in order for her to experience how the free market rejected Mm. her. That would have been delicious. Yes, it would. But she would have probably pulled the Tolkien and be like, oh, this is not the interpretation of that. Mm. They completely understood my grand vision in my masterwork. 
They there, completely cut out Tom Bombadil. There's far too <laughs> less masturbational language in this movie. It can't be mine. It can't be mine. I, I'm, I'm kind of... Fingers crossed for Tom Bombadil in part two, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of missing... Like, if, if anything from the book, I'm missing the long scenes where people have this, like, masturbatory word fights. Oh, yes. Because it's not... Because they have, like, such... A tight frame of doing everything. Hmm. Tight, a tight frame of doing that in quotation marks. <laughs> yeah. But because they have to do it in such a tight space, they kind of miss out on just 20 pages of nonsensical mm. like, yeah. masturbation. They miss a lot when, of the spirit of the book because yes. the book is really about people just angrily yelling capitalism at each other while masturbating. And it's, Now you use that word mas- masturbation a lot, but is it... Is it for actual, you know, like um, sexual wordings in in these things, no, or is it more like uh, word porn? No, no, it, it is more like word porn because they just drag it out and they have these like long extended conversations where some of the quote unquote villains in the movie, like her brother, will walk in and then he will say something completely reasonable, like we have to regulate the market because otherwise people are going to suffer. And we're going to make a lot of money and we're going to crash the entire market. And then Daphne is just going to be like, the market has to be free. Because otherwise, if people are not free, what is the world? <laughs> oh, wow. But we need monopolies. Exactly. It's like hero, hero sentences. It is yes. immoral to regulate monopolies because we need the free market. Oh, wow. Yes. <laughs> that's, I think that's a direct quote. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I'm gonna read this anyway. Because at some point, <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I'm not gonna. <laughs> is this is this in the last chapter? Is it chapter nine or chapter ten where we find out that one of the big problems is that they want to regulate the market? And do you know what kind of taxes they want to put on the market? No. A five percent tax on the companies. What? <laughs> and this is the reason. This is insanity. Because at the end of this film, you know, this uh, guy burns down his oil stuff. Yeah. You yeah. know, the big dramatic climax. Oil feels just aflame. That is because the state has a five percent increase tax on industrial. Also, because he got a free a free ride to Atlantis. Oh yes, <laughs> is that in is that in the damn book? I mean, they mentioned Atlantis. It was like an enormous flip at the like yes. five five ten. No, no, this the single last minute actually. Yes. The single last minute of the movie flips this. That he goes to Atlantis and burns down his his estate. That's and the book has kind of a runner with where people don't know what happened to John Gold and they have all sorts of mythical ideas. So oh, somebody say, "Oh, he found the the fountain of youth." Somebody says, "Oh, he found Atlantis," and it's all just this in the background. Okay, here they just directly say. Hi, I'm John Gall. I live in Atlantis. You should come with me down here. Which we- is which is pure insanity because yes. the whole rest of the movie has been like mentioning John Gold, and then I was sitting there and I asked, "Well, who's John Gold?" And no one knows. That's what you told me. We and don't know either. We don't know that. And who's John Gold is the is the sentence they use about John Gold. Yeah. Yeah. Who's John Gold? It's like a like a proverb. Quote the book: "A cheap piece of slang," mm-hmm. um, which doesn't really make sense because nobody would say ah who's John Gold as a response to also because in the book you can kind of hide it where people can just like offhandedly mention who is John Gold Mm. but in the movie it's this weird guy from clearly (laughs) like a noir movie yeah he really is from a noir movie with a hat in black and white we see him all the time just sitting in the bar with with the worst detective disguise ever trying to hide his identity 
So of course he's wearing a big western hat, of and of course he's he's sitting right at the entrance of the bar. And then every single time he confronts someone, he go up to them and then you criticize their capitalistic ways, and then you're like flash freeze, like freeze the frame, yeah. and then like typewriter text will come in over the screen. It's like this person is now missing. Like the cheapest detective thriller ever. It looks oh, it's horrible, horrible, atrocious. And that's not in the book in the part one. We don't meet John Gold. No. But in this movie, we just have him all the time just hanging out like a serial killer. <laughs> but also just but from watching this movie, because it ends with the whole like burning down mm. of, the, of the factories. Yeah, and, and the mystery of the Atlantis exactly. thing. And, and it just ends in a way where it's like, okay, this feels like half a movie. <laughs> or one third. <laughs> yes, one third. Yeah. yeah, one third of a movie. They definitely thought or, or knew that they were going to get a sequel. They, they knew they were going to get a sequel in that they had made a company dedicated to making three movies out okay. of this book. So they okay. knew they were going to make they a sequel. They were going to make a sequel. But that's still the strangest ending I've ever seen. And you actually said it when we watched, uh, when, we, when we got close to the ending. You said, this is one of the most boring boring endings or, or cliffhangers to a sequel. And it really is. Yes. Except the, for that last one last minute where everything drops. Everything happens. <laughs> yeah. Like up until that point, you have an entire movie that is for one and a, one hour and 29 minutes. It's just exposition upon exposition. Yes. And then you have happening. It's, like, it's all, all set up for, for one scene. <laughs> and it's so boring exposition that they don't tell you the, the actual facts that you need to know about it. Yeah. Because this magical... Um, uh, the magical metal, the magical engine, and the magical—it's it's yeah. never, never—it's never mentioned as far. Maybe I, my, maybe I just got it, but it's never mentioned why it's problematic. I, I didn't get that. No. I didn't, didn't and catch that. Is it actually mentioned anywhere? You have an entire chapter in the book that's just about all the scientists going against the metal because it, not because it's quote unquote problematic, but because there's not. Uh, like the science side of it hasn't been able to look into the metal because it's relatively new. Okay. So there isn't scientific proof that the metal isn't going to collapse and kill a lot of people on the railroad, which is actually... The movie doesn't sell that. The makes movie, a lot of sense. The movie just says that there's a, a massive uh, outrage against it from the scientific <laughs> community, but not why. Why are they against it? The, no, we don't get that the, info. The, the, the magic outrage being this one guy who has three accents, an Indian, a Middle Eastern, and like a British <laughs> yeah, accent at yeah. the same time. Playing character Dr. Robert Stadler. <laughs> That's plain gold, by the way. Watch the entire movie only for him. Yes. Fuck. I mean... Well, it is so bad that it's good. But, yeah. but, but don't worry, like the book goes into detail of what Reardon Meadow is. Yeah, so so if you're curious. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to I'm going to enjoy reading the first two lines of that and then I'm going to skip it. I think if if you're curious, you can go into I don't remember whether it's episode 5 or 6 where we have an entire erotic reading about Reardon Meadow. Yeah, I'm going to experience this book, but I'm going to experience it through your show. Yeah. yeah, I'd much rather, much rather. Seems like the perfect way to do it. The only yeah. way to experience Atlas Shrugged is through Fraggle Shrugged. Remember, we're doing this so you don't have to read the book. <laughs> That's the yes. entire premise. Yeah. Because don't read the book, please. We have decided on that. <laughs> don't follow along on this journey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't. Just don't. Don't read the book. I'm sorry if we led you into believing that. Yeah. Please take the book, burn it. Uh, uh, if you have been reading along this bad <laughs> stuff. Sorry, <laughs> just stop it. 
not worth it. We do not endorse this book. <laughs> because I can we say do not endorse Iron Rand. <laughs> nope. I, I can say as much as I have thought about quitting this army. <laughs> I don't know about you, Sigfall, but I've just looked every I am single, shocked every single time hurt. we have to read a chapter in this book. I was just like, what you the fuck? You're suffering. What the fuck am I doing with my life? You're selling the premise of this book and the entire reason for making a podcast about it very well, my friend. But that, that, really was, the, that was the entire <laughs> Let's say how we, how we can break each other. Yeah. <laughs> but at this point, the problem is we have, we're a third into this project. I cannot quit. No. I want to finish this. Yes. But I hate everything about this. I'll have to say, when I heard the first... You don't hate everything. Fraggles. Fraggles. Oh, we'll get to that. When I heard the first pitch for this mm-hmm. and the first idea about it, I was like, well, that seems strange. Have fun with that because I'm not going to be a part of it. <laughs> That's not going to. Yeah, I'm not, not going to do that. That's a classical uh, premise from me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. That sounds very fun. Let's just self-flagellation and absurdity. Exactly. <laughs> Let's just produce twenty hours of something. Yeah. <laughs> is it is it bad hip hop music? Is it a podcast <laughs> about a bad book and a bad movie? Yes. <laughs> it's all of it. Let's just go into it. Yes. Just. Wait for the hip hop track about about Iron Rand. Oh, we're gonna do that. We're gonna do a hip hop track about Iron Rand. I'm calling it right now. I'm promising you, dear listener, that we're gonna do that. That's a promise now. Yeah, that's a promise now. DJ Gold. DJ Gold. DJ Gold. It has something to it. Yeah, I can feel it. You have to mix it up with like all the sick tracks of Fraggle Rock. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's that's the music. That's the Dark's loop from the you're, episode. You're gonna have the uh, no, just kind of gonna have the to write the text on the same uh, rhyming technique that they use in, in in Fraggle for all their songs. End rhyme. End end rhyme. And a a b a b. <laughs> oh, that's the hardest one. Yeah, that's it. but they are excused that like it's a kids show, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, obviously yeah, a kids course, show. Course, yeah. <laughs> Well, we're gonna get to, we're gonna get to that. Should we, should, to we, that. should we pause Atlas for a moment? We will get back to it. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah, but yeah. let's pause that for a moment and just get into this episode of Fraggle Rock because this time around we chose to be like, okay, so we're watching a movie. So let's jump ahead a bit and let's watch the season finale of like season one of Fraggle Rock, and that's episode twenty-four for anyone who's interested in that. And boy, that's an episode. What the hell happened? <laughs> well, we just the watched the uh, the movie for um, Atlas Rock. Yes. Mm. And I thought that was crazy. <laughs> and then we watched, and I, and again, I have uh, I've 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 not previously been acquainted with uh, with Fraggle Rock, so this was also a first for me. And that's insanity. That's just pure insanity in a can. Boy, were you in for a surprise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was in for a treat. As were we. Because <laughs> yeah. that is just off the rails. Uh, it's a roller coaster. First of all, the lead character has changed appearance. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. In the beginning of the episode, he broke his leg. We just meet him just severely injured <laughs> and just in a cast. And yes. <laughs> that's just... We just have to accept that. I, I feel that he probably got injured in the, in the uh, episode before. But knowing Fraggle Rock, that might not be the case. Okay. It, it has not been serialized in any way. No. Okay. Far. Okay, wow. <laughs> so I think this is just how it begins so and ends, maybe. <laughs> that would actually be the beginning then, with just like cold, cold starting on, <laughs> mm-hmm. on him being injured. Oh, wow. Oh, no, cold starting on Sprocket getting hella swollen. <laughs> just, <laughs> oh, yeah. just pumping a phone book. So just, Sprocket like finally had enough of Doc's bullshit yeah. and just decided to like swell up and be this bodybuilder of a dog by like lifting a phone book continuously while the Doc has invented this kind of miracle yeah, like, he has some, dietary in, cure. Invented a, a dietary cure that you just have to drink before you start eating and then you'll never get fat and you'll always get slim. And it was made from 
From what? Uh, I don't know, but, but the, the series presents it in a way where it kind of just looks like machine oil that he's drinking. Yeah, it, yeah. it could be. But, I mean, I don't know the word for that juice, but the fraggles are drinking it when they cut to them. Yeah. So oh. it may be just a fictional uh, I, th- I think thing it's fictional, because you... it didn't sound like anything I'd, I'd heard no, before. No, it's, it's, it's like weird metal. metal. Yeah, yeah, it's actually, it's the weird metal. They're drinking the weird metal. They're drinking the real metal. That one makes sense. Um, but he, he ends up... Oh, spoiler alert. Yeah, let's, up, let's just cover the dark story yeah. right away because that's yeah, yeah. very, very yeah. closed off. Yeah, exactly. So, so he ends up eating a lot of shit while drinking this dietary supplement. Yeah, he buys all the unhealthy snacks. Exactly. And, and the pies and the cakes yeah, and everything. Yeah, and yeah. ends up gaining 12 pounds. Yeah. While Sprocket like works out as a maniac. We and we get to see a whole new side of Sprockwood. We get to see him lying on his back looking weirdly human. Yeah, yeah. disturbing. Yes. It's disturbingly human. And swole. Like he is Yeah, he's 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 ripped, dude. He's getting ripped, man. Yeah. He's getting ripped. The ladies are enjoying it. Everything's good. I, I kind you of mean have the bitches. Yeah, yeah, it but, yeah it actually, it must be in this <laughs> in this case, it must be the bitches are enjoying it. All the bitches. I kind of have expect oh, like God. the episode one of season two just being like you see Doc like with his throat ripped out and uh, and the dog just sitting upon him. Or maybe it's getting into like, kind of like a feed situation where Doc is just getting like a massively obese <laughs> and Sprocket is just feeding him to keep him from moving <laughs> and Sprocket is taking over. And yeah, probably. Wow. <laughs> and looking weirdly human, so maybe he's starting to walk on his hind legs and just pretending to be Doc using his Doc costume. Yeah, he's going to be the new the new Doc. He's going to steal his identity. Because he has a Doc costume, we learned. He does, actually. Oh, wow. They have costumes of each other that they go, they go to Halloween and dressed up as each other. <laughs> so he's already ready to take on the role of oh, wow. Doc. I'm, I'm going to have to see that. So, so so what we're saying in general, this this wouldn't be the craziest thing that have happened. No, 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 definitely not. In the Frag of the Universe. Well, well uh, but this uh, episode this time around. Yeah, it, it, the it episode places. is the craziest. Oh, yeah. So we see, we see <sighs> Mookie yeah. wanting to capture uh, what? Flying hairy bat? Yeah, a flying hairy chested bat. A hairy chested bat. So she goes off. She wants um, to paint it. She wants to paint it. And she goes off being like, she cannot. She has this great quote, and I cannot remember it on the top of my head, but she goes on saying, I cannot sleep. I'll do it. Like, I'll not sleep for the art. <laughs> no, I'll, like I'll do it for science. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah, she'll, she'll, she'll do it for science. I'll stay awake for science. I'll stay awake for science, <laughs> which yeah. is an incredibly random thing very, to say. Very dang. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. So she, she, of course, falls asleep within two <laughs> minutes. Very undacking. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. this this weird because oh you you do not know this it didn't state in the movie but Dacne used to actually work at the Tiger Transcontinental as a dri- a driver but a no, engineer uh, like when she was a sixteen year old she was at college for one thing yes. <laughs> yeah during the day and at night she was manning a, a train station in yeah. the middle of nowhere oh wow just by herself wow. just a sleep deprived teenager. <laughs> Wow, we tried insane. to count up the hours and be like, she hasn't slept for three years at that point. Yeah, yeah. wow, it's fucking crazy. That's why she is so crazy. Yeah, she hasn't. She she's like literally insane in the movie. Uh, but she's crazy for many reasons. One of which is that she's been groomed by men for sexual purposes, which is oh wow. Uh, yeah. There's a reason why one chapter is called the chain. Yeah, <laughs> and another is the called, chain. Yes, and another is called the climax of Dianconia. <laughs> 
Oh wow! It is a problematic fucking book. Oh, yes. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, really. Going back to the Fraggle universe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Mookie is trying to paint this weird creature. She falls asleep. She wakes up when this weird creature comes into the room. Paints the re- weird creature. Then apparently, in the meantime, overnight, every single Fraggle has a nightmare. Yeah, they have this collective nightmare yes. about the the trash heap. No, it's not. It's not the trash. It's um. Oh, what are they called? The uh, the big yeah. Uh, also the gorks. Yeah, the the, the gorks gork is coming like a big menace. Yeah, they're they're them. afraid of the gorks, and they're all having this collective nightmare about it. So they're doing this in technical terms, like weird double or triple exposure, where you see like pictures upon pictures. So you see like the the fraggles sleeping, and then put on top of that, inter interlaid on top of that, is like the picture of a gork <laughs> jumping out on the screen, and then you have a, a like weird ominous yeah uh, saying from the trash heap all over that, which is their oracle. Yes, isn't it like she always knows the answer for everything. Yes. the trash heap. Yeah. And spoiler alert, the trash heaps comes with kind of trashy advice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Because that's the trash heap. We love her. Yeah, yeah she's yeah. the best character. She's I, a, I think she's adorable. She's a drag queen in trashy disguise. Yeah. Um, but She's nice and sassy. <laughs> she is nice and sassy. But at that point, we just see this night, it literally nightmarish scene. Yeah. And out of that comes a cult worshipping Mookie? Yes, because for some reason, Mookie is assigned to be the new trash heap because for some reason, the old trash heap isn't... No, it's because in the dream, the, yeah. the oracle, the trash heap says that they have that the fraggles have to look for wisdom within themselves. Right, yeah. And then yeah. they hold this, this meeting and they decide that looking for wisdom inside themselves is for new wisdom. So they need to find a fraggle who has done something new that no fraggle has ever done before. And that's when Mookie shows up with her picture that no one has ever painted of the hairy-chested bat. And so they decide that she should be the leader of their cult and be their new oh, oracle. Yeah, yeah. She's now an oracle. She's now an oracle. She's now a trash heap. And up until this point, we've been talking backwards and forwards about yeah. how the Fraggle Kingdom is kind of a cult, but this, it just goes full. Yes, we've <laughs> joked about it several times that it's like a murder cult and yes. uh, stuff. This is just directly. It's full Jamestown. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel, I feel like there's some, some Manson quotes directly in there. <laughs> oh, this is this is straight up Scientology. Yes. Yeah. It'll run, Mookie. Everything she says is the real truth and has to be followed. And if you ever go against her, then you get the whole community against you. And she gets power mad. Yeah, she gets incredibly power mad. What did you expect? We have been building to this. We have actually kind of been building to this for an entire season. It's kind of surprising. It's kind of surprising because Fraggle Rock hasn't been serialized this far, but actually they have been building mm-hmm. a sort of narrative that is culminating here. And now I kind of want to. I kind of want to go back, like yeah. to yeah. watch the previous yeah, episodes to see back. what the fuck happened. Actually, I just want to dive deep into the Fraggle Fraggle Rock because it's. <laughs> It's it's so it's mad. Worth it. it's, it's, yeah. it's worth it. Yes. Yeah, it really is. It's um it's it's very crazy, but at the same time it's very re- rewarding. Well you did catch the craziest fucking thing yeah, ever. So. Yeah, well, okay. But but it's still very entertaining to watch. If you're looking to dive into one of these parts of cultural heritage, dive into Fraggle Rock. Yes. 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 Not the book. No, don't, don't, don't read go the into book. Atlas. Just skip Atlas Rock and go into Fraggle go in, Rock. Go into Fraggle Rock. way better. And uh, and start on this episode. The, no. the season ending for season one. Just watch it. No. It's very, very bingeable, I would say. Like, you can just have it running in the background. I could do that. I can imagine that being a nice Sunday. Yeah. Also, because it has this, this good rhythm mm. of both having, like, this, the silly stories of Fraggle Rock, but, but then having... 
actual genuinely alright music sometimes. And uh, just horribly dark philosophical stuff. Yep. Just nihilism all over the But they'll just drop it, like like as you could see from the episode. Now they they'll just like drop it at certain points. You're like, oh, okay, that's yeah. It just goes from well, this is all la di da, Fraggle Rock, uh, kids, kids TV. Yeah. That's good, and then boom, here is some deep, deep knowledge, deep psychological knowledge that you have to to think about. Yeah, and you you know the last episode we watched. The subtext was basically: if your friend seems lost, if you can't find him, forget him. Don't, oh, wow. don't worry about it. Just move on. Oh wow! If your friend is lost in the woods, they're lost. Who is it? Like in that episode, it's Gobo Fraggle, right? That gets lost in the human world because they board up the hole from which they can travel between the Fraggle universe and into the universe of the 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 dog uh, and the and man. Duck. Yeah, and oh. the dog and the man, and then they board up that hole, so he's stuck with the dog. So then they run back into the Fraggle universe and then they sing a song about how sad it is. But the subtext of that is, oh, it's super sad we lost him. So we have to deal with that now. And the, <laughs> and the trash heap gives the good advice. Don't cry over spilled milk, which is basically yep. just, Let's forget, he's a lost cause, move on. Let's forget our, our friend who, who ran <laughs> away, who got away. Uh, and, and of course, the Fraggle... Uh, the Fraggles interpret this as okay, don't cry over spilled milk. So they bring milk, then they bring a doozer, like the little worker characters. We didn't see a lot of them in this episode. Okay, but the little worker characters uh, that runs around everywhere, building like these glass structures. Uh, they build a catapult so they can catapult one of the characters through there by them spilling milk and then not crying over the milk. So a character slips and the milk falls into the catapult and smashes the barrier. Oh, wow. Thankfully, they take the milk advice literally instead of thinking about it. (laughs) So that's a good good thing. And that's what you have to do about good advice. And on that note... Don't think about uh it. And on that note, let's get back on on the action for for this episode. Yep. So we're at this point where Mookie is is, is a cult leader, basically, and and is very, very power mad. She's very power mad, but she also... like kind of understands her position in the universe in a weird way where she has talks yeah. uh, about, so what's my position? Is it how, how am I supposed to lead these fractals because they cannot think for themselves? So they need a cult leader like me. And, and again, seems weirdly poignant in this political <laughs> climate yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of it sort of just makes sense because... She's the Trumpian fraggle this time around. It's yeah, yeah, she, re- it's she really very is. Trumpian. And at the same time, we have Atlas Shrugged, which this time around is set in 2016. Yes. Not a year in the US where a lot of stuff happened. Can we no, just No, not at all. Can we just quickly go into the whole like oh, we forgot to talk about that with the Atlas Shrugged. But the weird time frame of it. So the book is set in what the 50s. In the right? 50s where it's written. So exactly. It makes sense. So the book is set in the 50s. At a point where rail transport was uh, prominent in the US. The movie's made in 2011 and set in 2016. But weirdly enough, even though it's 2011, they seem to use technology from 1995. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they have a weird, just a wave of like, uh, oh, Train planes started crashing, so now railroad is important again. Anyway, on. With oh the yeah, story. yeah, yeah. <laughs> just do that because the railroads were important when the book was written. Back yeah, is that another part of bad exposition that I that I missed entirely for yeah. the movie? Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, it was an opening montage. Just uh, uh, oh yeah. Oh, things, things, things. 
Now rails are railroad is important. That's horrible. So now we can travel by anything but rail. Just an excuse to keep the railroads, which of course is the most important part of Atlas Rock. So you couldn't update that. But if you had to, <laughs> if you had to make this like movie for today, mm-hmm. couldn't you just have made it as planes? Or made another transport, like form of transportation that would be the analog to today's yeah, you, transportation. Yeah, you definitely could. Or make like a super environmentally friendly train. Ew, what did you say? Yeah, that I was not Randy at all. That's not Randy at all. But, but you can see the horrible. analog where it's like, oh, we can't fly because the environment, the environment is crashing. But at that point, it becomes like weirdly socialist. Yeah. And also the problem, if you take the movie into today, we have learned that from the industrial age, we have learned the consequences of just... Of, the, of that time mm. so you can't really take the politics and just transport into today because spoiler alert the industrial age kind of trashed the entire world <laughs> it's actually fun about the the political climate mm-hmm. both for for the movie and also for uh for uh, 2016 where you don't need very much in the uh in the in the female character what's what's her name Dagny. Uh, Dagny, yeah you don't need very much in her because she's very strong and very independent and she's always right. You don't you don't need very much there to go f- full Trump because she's not always right but she really believes that she is. Yeah. And it's the same actually with uh, with Mookie in uh in in the Fraggle that she's always right at that point. The flip is there that as soon as one of the the Fraggles tells her that you're not always right and you're doing this wrong and everyone thinks that everything you say is right and that's not a good thing. She actually takes that advice to her. And actually, actually works with it. Not not in the first part, but incredibly weird for a fraggle to have this very human reaction. Oh yeah, <laughs> but that's also because it's Mookie and not Red. Because you don't know that because this episode barely featured her. But the Red Fraggle is basically Dagny. Okay. Yep. Had it been Red who was the enigmatic cult leader, half of the fraggles would have died in genocide. <laughs> Horribly. Mookie is absolute. Best case scenario for a leader. If you want a cultish leader, get Mookie because she's a reasonable person. Get someone who likes the people. Yeah. And also an airhead. So mm. she'll actually question everything around yeah. her. And like she's the dreamer and the painter and the and artist. A f- member of Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> she is kind of the lead singer of Fleetwood Mac. So, so in the last part of, uh, of the episode, what, what happens is that she gets questioned by one of the fraggles. Gobo. But yeah, by Gobo. Who um who tells her that that this is not the way and you're not actually the oracle because the dream said find wisdom inside yourself not in a leader who's <laughs> done something because they completely misinterpreted this dream and she actually sees it so she uh, hosts this meeting for all the fraggles where she comes up with this horrible plan that the injured fraggle should go out and and make a duel with one of the gorks and everyone is like. Yay! No, wait. Okay, we're gonna go with you, but we're gonna do this plan. We're gonna go with you, mm-hmm. and then she just puts this extra thing on it that well, we're all gonna go together, and we're gonna do it blindfolded. Yes. And that's and when setting up the stakes, and we're sitting basically yeah. on the edge of our couch, being like pins and needles. So what is gonna happen? Then they cut to Doc and Sprocket, like finishes their storyline of the thing. Yeah, and then the episode ends. <laughs> like the entire season just ends, and you're. Like, Know what the fuck? You, you you can't go nut serialized and then cliffhanger. But I think they it's no they I, actually they actually do yeah do end up um, finishing that that line for the for the fraggles mm-hmm. because they all question her and then she steps down. She says that was my plan by 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 saying this this uh, doing doing this horrible idea, but. 
they don't ever find out. Well, when are we gonna go out to to the garden that the, that yeah, the gorks keep them from? But they're not. If you uh, if you go back into like thinking about the episode, I don't know if you noticed this, but Mookie actually like does a like a weird gesture towards the other fractal uh, Gobo. She does this weird like giving him an elbow in the side and then doing a wink, basically suggesting that they're not going to fight the Gorks, that they're just going to put blindfolds on all of the Frackles yeah. and like pretending it's going to be a fight. But we don't ever get to see that because you no. have to then show that. But just insinuating it and ending the entire thing leaves you with... And then it ends on a very weird note where yes. they are so good friends that they hold hands and, the, and yes. she gives him this... Um, oh, they're so good friends. This the circle of, of flowers on his on his head, and they and they go away like we're friends, and everyone's like, "I think you're more than friends." <laughs> oh, and this is strange. They fucking uh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, they're fragling. <laughs> yeah, they're fragling. <laughs> they fucking. They are definitely um, fragling. But uh, also, we we've been setting up for the first half of the season. Red and Gobo as a as a romantic thing, like a power couple. They yeah, yeah. really tries to establish this. I could, I could see that in the episode. No, but this is not this is Mookie, another fraggle. Yeah, then it's Mookie it? in 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 the other. But I, I could see that dynamic between uh, right, okay, yeah, between those two, and then Mookie, all of a sudden, is this girlfriend thing. It's a weird love triangle to have in a Muppet show. But yeah. maybe he just has like a hunger for power, because he just goes with the most powerful fraggle at the time. Maybe, oh, yeah. yeah, maybe. Maybe he's just horny. Maybe he is just horny. But it makes sense, like, they're all, they're just relaxing in the cage all day, singing songs. You never see Frackles fuck. No, they do it underwater. Yeah, yeah, maybe. In the nasty, nasty pond. Yeah, don't swim in the pool. Don't swim in the pool. (laughs) From which the water leads directly into Duck's thing. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's drinking Frackle fuck water. This last love story is just as weird and and just as strange as the one in, in Atlas Shrugged. Where they celebrate their success by by having sex. It's it's such a weird scene, and it's the same for for the for the last scene in in, in the fraggle and episode. I just, I just want to say, you know, half of it. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's so normal in the movie. It's so normal in that movie. Okay. Trust me, like seeing that movie, it could be way worse. Oh wow. the book is. Oh wow. It's so uncomfortable. Again, they cut out the rape, and yes. uh, I guess that makes the movie better than the book. So I like yes and no. So technically, from from a production standpoint, I guess it tells the story a bit better. Uh, it is still super disjointed. I have found it less enjoyable, but that's the the book. No, like the movie was less enjoyable in a way because we don't have the like really ridiculous rants that we have in our right. Universe. We we lose a lot of the randiness. It's, so it just it loses a lot of character to the point where it's just. A semi-bad movie. Mm. And I think you could have fixed this in so many ways. First of all, fixing the production qualities could have been fixed by hiring a proper editor uh, and no, a proper color grader. That's, that's selling out. <laughs> but at the same time, just... A socialist. Leaving, a socialist, not like, free Make market. it like 10 minutes longer and have one of the rants in there. Like have characters battling it out on quote-unquote wits because it's not... It's not good. It's not good writing. But like, have this extended yeah. like, battle of the mind. Have, yeah. have what you actually go to Ayn Rand for. Exactly. Be in the movie that's supposed to entice yeah. people to Ayn Rand. The core of the book is not in the movie. No. Have a have a voiceover describing. And the man inside the room, his face was gaunt and angular. <laughs> 
This was dripping with moisture. Oh, wow. That's how the fucking book is written. I'm gonna love reading this book. Gaunt, I'm gonna hate, angular hate reading faces. this book, but I'm gonna love hating it. His eyes turned around the room and all he could <laughs> see was the dark sliver of light coming in from a streak. It just goes That's exactly on. what I think. That's horribly <laughs> the fantastic. The building was a sword that cut through the air and penetrated the world around it with oh, all wow. of its magnitude bursting into flames of perception expiring at the thought of a miracle which could be of metal of any kind but would be of written metal. And that's just the opening of the... That is literally... Like, the opening of the book is just... Is that Dagny looking at skyscrapers for 10 minutes? Oh, wow. Yes. And, and in that language? Yes. Wow. <laughs> Slightly more nonsense. This is what we go through all the <laughs> we time. We suffer for this. I'm so glad that I'm doing other projects for <laughs> Golden Gale Media instead of this one. Don't go through Good this on one. You. But I'm going to be back. I'm gonna be back for the next movie. Yes. So, so in what half a year are you gonna be? In half a year, I'm gonna, I'm gonna yes. come back, and we're gonna suffer, suffer through ten more chapters. I guess, I guess if it's evenly split out. Uh, yeah. Ten or twelve more. If you guys are still mentally alive in half a year, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll see you guys again. We're gonna be broken people. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we can't really go through our departments because we haven't written down Randian uh, no. Franklin sentences. Um, so, right off the bat. Lillian Reardon still boss. Lillian Reardon still fucking boss. Uh, I think I think they could have actually hammed her up a bit, but I'm I'm. Uh, she was surprisingly prolific in the movie. I thought yes. she was. There was a lot of Lillian Reardon, which I appreciated. But she could have done with a bit more sass. The fucking yeah. jewelry in the movie. Let's just <laughs> oh. mention that. So. Oh yeah, yeah. The bracelet that Lillian Reardon (laughs) describes as being an atrocity, the bracelet that Hank Reardon gives her out of the first drop of moist Reardon metal is really bad. It looks like actual train tracks. Yeah. (laughs) She's not wrong in saying it's train like. But it's not, it's like the same level as all the other jewelry, so it doesn't really... But that's Computer. not good because the train tracks made out from the Reardon metal look like plastic. But yeah. all of Dagny's jewelry looks like something you bought from H&M. So, yeah. so when she exchanges her necklace for the bracelet, it doesn't really translate because they're both just fuckly. <laughs> also, that fucking scene, because in the book they set it up where she has like a tete-a-tete with uh, Lillian Reardon. But in the movie, it's just like she just walks up to her, stares at her and be like, let's trade jewelry. Yeah, because in the book, Lillian Reardon says, oh, if anybody would like to trade this for anything, I would be down for that. And, yeah. and Dagny just steps out and the room grows silent as she says, yeah. I will exchange my And jewelry. then you have Hank like shivering in the background because they have this. Yeah. At this point in the book, they haven't fucked yet, but they're, they have like weird flirtatious energy. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's her like stepping in and basically in front of his wife like shows her. Also, in the book, we kind of have this, like, last chapter with Lillian where she fucking knows they're fucking. Yeah. But she doesn't say it outright, but they have this wonderful scene where she just scalds, like, Hank Reardon. And we didn't get to see that. Yeah, they kind of done Lillian dirty there. Yeah. Because we miss out on her just being completely aware of everything that happens around her and just being above it all. She, She comes in. It's so amazing. She comes into his bedroom and she's like, why can I not stay in here? I am your wife, after all. I just, don't you want to <laughs> look after uh, me? I was. I heard that I had a husband, and I thought I might 
See what he looked like. Yeah. <laughs> and, bows. Oh, big, and she's, big he's, bows. she's looking at him at some point, and he's just like, what do you want me to say? And then she's just saying, I'm not outright going to say it, but you know what I'm saying. And I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and yes, the, yeah. Oh, love that character. <laughs> yeah, she's but amazing. that's not what I got. And he's not just the worst. He says, what purpose do you live for, Lillian? She, he says that literally out to her. Oh, wow. And I said that last time. I'm going to say it again. Here's fun game. Try saying that to your loved one. Why, why do you exist? Please um, explain yourself. It's definitely a lot more uh, exploration of, of this book that I'm, uh, I'm going to do and mm-hmm. also of this fantastic podcast. But I think this, this was also meant as a like, weird little one-off where we yeah. would explore a different side of the Atlas Rock universe and the Fraggle Rock. And, this, and I think we got to do that. Oh, yes. This is the summation of season one, you could call yes. it, part one. So Definitely hope that you're gonna do the the movie two and and, and oh, three and ha- and have me back for them. I would uh, I would definitely love that. We're definitely gonna do that. We're gonna need a bit of a break now, yeah. <laughs> just to like and absorb. Henrik may just die of exhaustion. Maybe I die of exhaustion. This. Yeah, you look like it. But but Maybe I'll be back. <laughs> I'll be back for season two. So my, it might be just sick for like hanging out for yeah. season two, just doing <laughs> this by himself with a weird soundboard of you. <laughs> yeah. I'll come and join you with weird. Uh, with weird compliments. But, uh, oh, I'll just replace Henrik with you. <laughs> I, I, oh, you I, might. I, I think at this point, like you can make a soundboard quite efficiently. You have enough like sound yeah. samples. To <laughs> quite efficient soundboard of me. And on that note, on that I note, think we should wrap up. Let's shut this yeah. down. This has been season one of Fraggles Rocked, everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, we made it. La- <laughs> we we just it. have two-thirds left. Exactly. And actually more than two-thirds. But let's uh, not yes. talk about that. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the season, and we're out. Good night. This podcast is produced by Monegale Media, a small and independent Danish media collective. If you want to learn more about this podcast and our other projects, visit our website at maanegal.dk. That is Monegale with two A's up front, .dk. At the moment, most of our stuff is in Danish, but we are looking to expand our selection in English in the future. So, you know, stay tuned. To the madness. <laughs>